Hello there, my friends. Today, let's chat a little bit about changing your mindset. Gee, like you haven't heard me talk about that, huh? Well, I mean, the reason that I talk about this so much and attitude and focus is because everything that we say or we do or we don't say or don't do, it all starts with a thought. We think and then we speak. Okay, well, I know that sometimes it feels as if we don't think before we speak because we're all guilty of that. But even, even that, even if these words are coming from your subconscious and they're sort of flowing out of your mouth before you really have a conscious thought, the subconscious thoughts that we have first started with a conscious thought, right? It's what we stick in our brains. It's what we listen to. It's the words that we speak. It's how we think. So we really do have control over our conscious and our subconscious thoughts in the long run, especially if you're willing to look at your mindset and be willing to change it. Today, I was thinking about, you know, really talking to you about changing the mindset specifically from cursed to blessed. This will definitely resonate with those of you who've had, as I call it, life's two by four, wacky upside the head, something that you've really had to to come to grips with quickly, something that really just bam out of nowhere. Or it could be that you have been dealing with something for a very long time, a hardship, a heartbreak, a disappointment, something else over a long period of time. Perhaps like a lot of us, the hits just keep right on coming. That's definitely what I've experienced in the last, well, almost all the decades of my life is that the hits keep coming. Now, certainly I had periods of my life where things were definitely more on the upswing But I've definitely dealt with a lot of things, a lot of big hits that have come at me. And some of them are things that are really the natural order of things, like losing grandparents or parents. I mean, that is not to diminish that because that's hard. That's heartbreaking. It's sad. I still miss my grandparents. And my Nana died in 1989 and my grandpa in 1994. And then... My dad, who really, he's my stepdad, but he's my dad, he died in 2013, and I still miss him all the time, too. And, and so even those things that are the natural order of things, they're still hard, right? Definitely the thing that hit me over the head the hardest was my daughter's addiction, and she lived with that for 15 of her 30 years, and of course her murder, you talk about something that whacked you over the head, um, but anyway, my point is just that what, however it, it happens, when we go through big stuff, and especially when they, they continue over a period of time, we can start to think that we are cursed. Have you ever experienced something like that? I mean, I did. When Jamie was in the middle of her addiction, and I had tried everything I knew, and some things I didn't know, everything I could think of, I said, did, you know, guilt-tripped, came up with that perfect little saying, that biblical scripture, you know, I mean, everything. Tried to force her, make her, support her, enable her. I mean, I I tried it all, at least anything I could come up with, and nothing worked. Every now and then she would get clean for a very short period of time, but for the most part, it was just chaos and chaos and chaos for 15 years. And I just, you know, it really, really took the wind out of my sails. And so I used to say this, I want you to hear this. I, yeah, me, you know, your fearless leader that's all about courage and being positive and thinking right. Well, this, of course, was before I started this mission. But I used to say that I had a a life sentence, that I'd been handed a life sentence, that no matter what I did, it didn't seem I could affect anything. No matter how much I prayed, 
nothing. It just, it seemed as if I had been handed a life sentence. And the more I tried to be a good person, the more I tried to connect with God, the more I tried to do what I thought was the right thing in this lifetime, it seemed that things got worse. Does anybody relate to this? I bet you do because most people who follow my work, most people who have linked arms and connected with me or found me have found me because you've had to stand through some very difficult times or you're trying to learn how to stand or you maybe you just want to be more positive. I, I really hope that some of you did find me for that reason. But the fact of the matter is a lot of the people that really resonate with me are people who have sons and daughters in addiction or other family members. Perhaps they've lost a loved one um, or, you know, just really a lot of different hardships. And so that's why you relate to me because I'm a person that has proven that you can stand in your darkest days. So I have a feeling that a lot of you can really resonate with this. So now picture me. I'm riding what I call the roller coaster from hell, painfully up one hill and screaming down the next, terrified. I mean, literally terrified of what was around the next corner. I call it paralyzing fear. I really became kind of paralyzed. I, I, I couldn't even seem to make a meal that turned out right. I mean, really, it really um, ate away at my self-confidence, my value, and, and not just my, my self-worth. I mean, really, I thought that I had disappointed God and that he was probably mad at me that I had failed him as a mother, I felt like the worst mom in the world. I really did. And so no matter how it looked on the outside, no matter how much I was smiling and, and trying to pretend everything was okay, I was dying on the inside. And, you know, in that state of mind, the beast does his best work. And if you don't know what the beast is, you should go to ValerieSilvera.com and then go to, I think it's in about and go to terminology and you can see how I describe the beast. Certainly, I explained that in my book, Still Standing After All the Tears and the workbooks, and then also my most recent book, Still Standing. I definitely explained that, but essentially, the beast is anything that keeps you from being who you are supposed to be, who you're meant to be, who, you know, your God-given right to be. It comes, but the beast, first of all, let me just kind of separate it. Where does the beast come from? Certainly not God, because God has already declared you as a masterpiece. He has already, he didn't say you were perfect, but you are a masterpiece. He's already said he made you in his image. He's already said all of the most wonderful, amazing things about you. It's really just the problem is we don't believe it, right? And part of the reason we don't believe it is because the beast, and it is Satan, but I don't like to give him credit by using his name, so I call him the beast. He and all his little minions are roaming the earth, you know, seeking and destroying. And so the beast doesn't have that many tricks up his sleeve. He really doesn't have that many tricks up his sleeve. He's not all that creative. But every trick he uses on you will be perfect for you and at the perfect time for you. He's really good at timing. And he doesn't have to have new tricks because he just tells you the same thing over and over and over and over. And here's the deal. We begin to believe things that we hear or think about over and over and over. And this is why it's so critical for you to change your mindset. Because in the state of mind like I was in, where, you know, you're saying, I have a life sentence, where you're living in victim land, you feel like a victim, life has handed you an unfair life sentence, that's where the beast does his best work. You know, when you don't see any light around you, all you see is darkness, he'll just bring in more dark. He wants you to believe, like I did for a while, that God had abandoned me. He wants you to believe that you have little for which to be grateful.
He wants you to look around and go, man, this looks like something from out of that movie Mad Max. Nothing but devastation. And so if he can keep you in that state of mind, then everything else is easy. You're not going to go out and conquer the world. You're not going to go out and conquer even your little tiny piece of the world. You're not going to go out and shine your light. You're not going to spread hope to the rest of the world. You're not going to live in faith. You're not going to really connect to what it is that God wants you to do so that he can place that incredible piece of the world's puzzle that is you, that has your name on it, unique to you. We can't put that in place. And so that's, you know, really anything the beast doesn't like, I love. Granted, he's going to fight you on this. I'm just telling you, I'm warning you in advance, not to scare you, but so that you will be vigilant. Because right, no sooner will you get off of this podcast and you're going to say, okay, that's it. Valerie's right. Dun, da, da, dum. I'm going to change my mindset. I'm going to start being blessed and think of myself as blessed and not cursed. And boom, you'll get knocked down. All it takes is one phone call, turning on the news for two seconds, or even listening to your own thoughts. So I want to give you some tips that I think are going to help you. Not I think, I know they'll help you if you'll use them, right? Nothing works if you don't use it. So if you, but if you're finding it hard to see the blessings during this, you know, flood that you're wading through, then use these strategies. Use the, their keys. They're just actions that you can take. And, and really they're not huge things, but you're going to need to do them over and over and over repetitively because a negative mindset is a habit like so many other things. And, and habits are nasty things to break. I'm sure you've tried to break some kind of a habit because most of us have them. Well, we all have them. And I'm sure you've tried to, to break a bad habit and they don't go down easy, but they do go down. But now the beast will try to convince you that you can't kick this habit, whatever it is. But you, you, my friend, you get to decide what to think about. You know, you might not think that's true, but it is absolutely true. There are very few things in this lifetime that we have complete control over, but our thoughts are one of them. It's just that we've gotten into this habit of thinking the wrong things. So this is what I want you to do. And, I, and these are going to help you all the time, no matter what in the world you're going through. But definitely during this coronavirus pandemic, this, you know, concern about the future and what's going to happen to this country financially and, and whatever country you're in, it's happening globally. It's definitely going to help you even more now. And, and this is why I really encourage you, you know, don't hunker down and go, okay, well, let me work on my self-development after this whole thing is over. Right now, I'm just trying to, you know, hunker down and survive. This is the very best time in times of uncertainty when it looks bleak and dark. It's the very best time to stand up. I stood up at my very lowest point and thank God literally that I did. Because the things that I was so upset about around me, and it was not even just Jamie, but other things around me got worse. They got a lot worse. And most of you know that my daughter was murdered in 2016 in August. And, and um, so, you know, life got a lot worse. <laughs> I lost other loved ones in the middle of all this and a whole lot of other things. A friend betrayed us in a huge way. Had I not stood up and developed the nine actions that, by the way, you can, you can go to ValerieSilvera.com and you can find out about the nine actions because they're really super powerful and, and they're in, in some of my books and workbooks too, but really important for you to start using them because they'll really help you. Okay, so the first tip I want to give you is to stop, look, and listen. 
And I was really thinking about this the other day on Tuesday because that's our garbage pickup day. And to be honest with you, it kind of annoys me sometimes. My house has a lot of windows. I've got the sunroom. It's just, it's just full of windows, which is great. Who doesn't want a lot of windows in their house? It makes it nice and bright. But I live in a corner, and so it, there are three garbage trucks, right? You have your recycle, your refuse, or the guard wa- yard, can't even talk here, yard waste, and then regular garbage. So there are three trucks. They start early, and because I live on this corner and have all these windows, I can hear one, one or more of those trucks, it seems like, throughout the entire day. And I really had to just change my schedule that I don't do any kind of, you know, video, videoing or, um, well, I can do podcasting because I have this, you know, kind of space that I'm in where you can't hear any outside noise. But um, I just can't do certain things on that day because it's really kind of annoying. Let me tell you something. Since all of this craziness hit the planet, I love hearing the garbage man. Are you kidding me? Like clockwork. Every Tuesday it gets picked up. And that's the same thing with the gardeners. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm annoyed because they're, they've got their, you know, chainsaws and blowers and all sorts of stuff out there. And, it, and it's really noisy and it goes on for a long time and I can hear them at the neighbors. And I live in a gated community, so everybody has uh, their yard done by outside services. And so they're just around us all the time. But I'm telling you what, I've really decided to change my mentality on this. And for the most part, I do stay in gratitude about that kind of stuff. But I've decided to, to take it to a new level and just be so grateful for those sounds. I encourage you to do that. Stop, look, and listen. Just stop. Look around and listen. What can you find to be grateful for? The second tip is to shift your focus. And it really kind of goes with that first one, doesn't it? So instead of saying, okay, this annoys me, I'm going to be grateful for that. Or instead of going, you know, I can't get this at the grocery store, I'm grateful I can get that. That reminds me also that I ordered a grocery delivery order 10 days ago, and it was supposed to be delivered about five days later. And then I got a, I got a text that it wasn't going to happen, and so it's been 10 days. And they came today, and I thought, you know, okay, that's fine. A few days ago, they locked down the order. I was going to cancel it and just go to the grocery store, but they locked down the order, and the website kept saying it was going to be delivered four days ago. Okay, so every day after the date hit, it just kept saying it was to be delivered at a past date. <laughs> So I thought to myself, okay, I'm not going to get stressed. I actually called the, the grocery store, their 800 number. I was on hold for a half an hour. And then when I got a hold of the gal, she there, she just literally said, there's nothing, you know, you can cancel it. It'll take 10 days for it to process. And, you know, they're going to text you, blah, blah. It, it just wasn't any help. But I wasn't upset with her. I thought, what the heck? Listen, I was a poor girl. I was excited when I got a bathrobe at Christmas. I mean, socks, underwear, those things were exciting for me. I was a poor kid. So I decided, okay, you know what? Let's just see what happens. Let's see when she goes to the grocery store, if my list will even, you know, if anything will even arrive, will half of it arrive? Will I be left with like, you know, a lime and a loaf of bread? I mean, I don't know what I'm going to have. And so I decided to just, you know, think of it as kind of fun. Anyway, it was kind of a cool process. And I got texts from her every time she changed out something there and she asked me questions and, and came and I, it was really cool. I'm thinking, hey, I might continue this shopper thing. Yeah, it's more expensive, but I kind of liked it. Anyway, you see what I'm saying? I decided to shift my focus instead of going, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I can't get what I you know, wanted. And, and there were a few things that she changed out that maybe I wouldn't have had I been at the grocery store, but she's not a mind reader. But I was just so grateful for every single thing that I got. And I was able to take some things to my mother. So I really appreciated it. Your third tip 
is to stop comparing. This is a big one. It is one that I want you to take with you. They're all, these are all big ones, but I want you to do this on a regular basis. And I'm going to admit to you something. Well, you know, I tell on myself all the time, so I know you're not surprised. Uh, this has been a big one for me, especially with my daughter going haywire, especially with, you know, finances being a challenge with our businesses, my husband and I, you know, and just it's it was hard for me because I thought, you know, I, I'm the hardest working person I know. And I don't mean that to pat myself on the back. I'm just telling you. I mean, I'm just one of these people. I'm like a workhorse, you know, and I've worked so hard and I'm, I'm you know, full of integrity and all this kind of stuff and things just not going my way year after year after decade after decade. <laughs> And so I, it really became frustrating to me and I would start comparing and I still fight this. This is one of my struggles and my beast knows it. So you don't think he tries to rub my nose in everything, every chance he gets? Of course he does. And so, you know, the, here's the, really the danger. The danger of us comparing ourselves is first of all, we're comparing ourselves to a false sense of reality because we really don't know. We don't know 100% what anybody's life is like. We don't know how they're feeling. We don't know every little thing they've experienced. So first of all, it's a false comparison. And second of all, all it does is typically, typically you're going to compare yourself to somebody whose life is a lot better than yours, and it just makes you feel lousy. So I really think that it's going to be hard for you to move from feeling cursed to feeling blessed if you're going to continuously compare yourself to other people and what you think they have, the blessings that you think they have. The fourth tip I want to give you today is to create a place to store your gratitude. So I firmly believe, first of all, that you should be in gratitude all day long. You get a parking place. Thank you, God. You look out and see a flower. Thank you, God. You hear, see the birds flying in the air. Thank you, God. I mean, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gratitude all day long. And it's critical that you speak it out loud. But I also encourage you to get some kind of a container. So I think it's been about three years or so. I started my first, I mean, really consistently started my gratitude. It was a I, I was just I was just starting it, and then a friend of mine, I went to a New Year's Eve party, and she gave away a glass to each of us. It's kind of like a fancy drinking glass, and it had, she had, in, not engraved, she had written in gold ink on each of these our name, along with the instructions that we were supposed to, for 30 days, put something in there for which we were grateful. It was weird because I, I was just starting that myself, so it was perfect. So it wasn't long before I stuffed that glass. And then I moved on to a bigger container and then I had to move on to a bigger one. And now I have this God box. It's kind of cool. I bought this God box 20 years ago and I put various things in it throughout. Um, I've sponsored children through child fund uh, for, I've sponsored them for decades through that. And so sometimes I, I had a period where I put their pictures in there. Um, anyway, different things, but it was never something that was consistent. It was mostly a decorative box. It's kind of this cool rustic box and it, it's got a, a plate on the top of a silver plate that says the God box. So I thought, hey, that's a cool one. Let me tell you something. Right now, there are hundreds and hundreds of pieces of gratitude. So I just take a little piece of paper. I put the date on it, and then I put what I'm grateful for. This is really important. Before I put it in the box, I say it out loud. We tend to believe what we hear. So why don't you control what you start hearing? And it starts with your voice. And that is my fifth tip, the power of the spoken word. The spoken word's important. So what you're hearing, what you're listening to is super, super important. Music, uh, podcasts like this, talking to somebody on the phone. Those are things you can control. But there's one person you're around more than anybody else, and it's you. So you can definitely control what comes out of your mouth and into your brain. 
So start using the power of the spoken word in a positive way and controlling that spoken word so you don't end up in a negative way with your voice. Number six, be a gratitude machine. Okay, so I mentioned this earlier that you can speak gratitude wherever you are throughout the day. You don't have to be anywhere near this gratitude container of yours. You should be doing it constantly and speaking it out loud. The other thing that's kind of cool is it's contagious. So other people will hear you doing this and it's going to positively impact them. Man, talk about how much better you're going to feel, how different your mindset will be. First, just hearing yourself say these things, but then when you positively impact other people. And that's my seventh tip. Spread it around, my friend. Spread it around. I just turned 58 years old. I have never in my lifetime witnessed a time in our lives where the world needs more encouragement. It needs more hope, more faith, more courage, warriors to lead the way. And this is going to take courage. You know, my whole message is about courage always and everything always works in with that. It will take courage, my friend, for you to stop feeling like a victim and to choose to feel blessed, to focus on those blessings, to look for them and pull yourself out of that pity party and stop feeling cursed. But you can do this. Have the courage to look for the good and just refuse to live live as a victim. That's what I finally had to do. I mean, I didn't wait for things around me to get better. I just said, enough is enough, girl. I've had enough. I'm getting tired of listening to you. You know, I mean, that's what I did. I just stopped. Was it easy? No. Did I fall down a thousand times? Yes, I did. Do I still fight it sometimes? Yes. But it's worth it. And that's what I encourage you to do. Don't live as a victim, no matter what your circumstances are. You can be the light for somebody who so desperately needs even just a flicker from you. Be a light bearer. Live gratitude-minded and never forget that you're important. So I don't tell you this just to make you feel good. I tell you this because I want you to make a difference in the world because that makes the biggest difference for me. It really, when I can spread things exponentially, that's multiplication. Addition is when I help one person. When you go out and help somebody else, we start to multiply. Your story matters. So please live it courageously. <laughs> 